A beginning is a very delicate time. Know then that it is the year 10,191. In this time, the most precious substance in the universe is the spice melange. The spice extends life. The spice exists on only one planet in the entire universe. The planet is Arrakis, also known as Dune. You are about to enter a world where the unexpected Many dangers exist on Arrakis. The unknown and incredible secrets have been kept on this planet. And the unbelievable meet. I see two great houses. Where kingdoms are built on Earth that moves. And we have Wormside, the likes of which even God has never seen. And skies are filled with fire. The prophecy which will cleanse the universe and bring us out of darkness. Where a young warrior is called upon to free his people. A world that holds creation's greatest treasure. He who controls the spice controls the universe. And greatest terrors. This is genocide. The deliberate and systematic destruction of all life on Arrakis. The bed. <laughs> I will kill him! I will love you forever. And the magical. Father, the sleeper has awakened! Will have their final battle. Long live the fighters! Show the slightest pity or mercy. Emperor, we come for you. Doom, a spectacular journey through the wonders of space and the mysteries of time. From the boundaries of the incredible to the borders of the impossible. Now, Frank Herbert's widely read, talked about, and cherished masterpiece comes to the screen. Dino De Laurentiis presents Dune, a world beyond your experience, beyond your imagination. Hello and welcome to What Could Go Wrong, the show that looks into the shoes of film productions and see just exactly how much sand got in there. Today we are taking a look at a classic 1984's Dune. This is directed by iconic visionary. My god, his head is full of stars, David Lynch. Let's uh, start at the very beginning of this story right here because we got a lot to cover. This all began 1965. American author Frank Herbert uh, released Dune. This was a massive sci-fi novel. I mean, over 400 pages long. Uh, it went on to win several awards, such as tying for the Hugo Award in 1966 with uh, Roger Zelaney's uh, This Immortal. Even the uh, Nebula Award for Best Novel. 2003, it was cited as the world's best-selling science fiction novel. Dune tells the story of Paul Atreides, whose uh, family accepts the stewardship of the planet Arrakis 
amidst a uh, feudal interstellar society in which uh, noble houses control planetary fiefs. The planet Arrakis is a desert wasteland world known uh, for a uh, product called uh, the Spice. It just pretty much does a lot of things. And Dune explores uh, politics, religion, ecology, technology, even human emotions as the uh, factions confront one another for the control of the planet, all because of this Spice thing. Seeing the novel's success attempts to make it into a major film. This all began in 1971. Whoa, time to do some math. So yeah, this film released in 1984, right? And attempts started in 1971. That's a 13-year gap. So everybody now, what could go wrong? Producers began in the summer of 1971 where Arthur P. Jacobs optioned the film rights, but sadly passed away in 1973. Plans for the film were still in development with uh, Lawrence of Arabia and Dr. Zhivago director David Lean was attached to direct. But the film rights would get reverted a year later, 1974, getting acquired by John Paul Gibbon. And in the director's seat would be Alejandro Jodorowsky. Plans in this production would utilize the uh, current gen of music of Pink Floyd and Magma. Uh, and then on visual effects would be uh, Dan O'Bannon, Gene Gerard, Chris Floss, and H.R. Geiger for the set and character design. Casting would include Rolling Stone's Mick Jagger, David Carradine, Orson Welles, silent film era actress Gloria Swanson, and Salvador Dali. Yeah, the artist of The Persistence of Memory. You know that uh, art piece with all the melted looking uh, uh, pocket watches? Yeah. I don't, th- I don't think I've ever heard of an ensemble cast of this magnitude before. Well, anyway, in 1976, unfortunately, this was all scrapped. I mean, the funding dried up. The whole thing looked to be about 10 to 14 hours long. See, with something like that, I mean, you might as well turn it into a TV miniseries. Foreshadowing. No studio would ever, I don't think, would, pro- uh, would fund a project of that size. Not unless, I mean, you part it in several films. Given the credit of uh, the time was unheard of back then, I think. But, I mean, popular now with the Harry Potter, Twilight, and Hunger Games films. But moving on, opportunity was not wasted, though, as this would later find Dan O'Bannon, H.R. Geiger, and others from the creative team working together on another sci-fi film on the horror side from director Ridley Scott for 1979's Alien. Speaking of Ridley Scott, yeah... Just wait for it. Before uh, the release of Alien, the year is now 1976. The film rights would again be handed over after being purchased from our friend from Halloween 3's What Could Go Wrong episode, Dino De Laurentiis. I mean, he he bought up the rights to Dune and in 1978 uh, commissioned the author of Dune, uh, Frank Herbert, uh, to just write a new uh, screenplay, 175 pages long. The thing about screenwriting, okay... I think this was the major problem here is that, look, Dune is a very giant story in its first book. And when you screenwrite something, the film's uh, projected runtime is based on how many pages you got there. So 175 pages times 59 seconds. I think that's the math that they use. The version of Dune would nearly be three hours long. But I don't think uh, De Laurentiis liked it. Because uh, he had another screenwrite made by another writer, Rudy uh, Warlitzer. And then that's when he hired uh, Ridley Scott as director. H.R. Geiger was hired back to the film. Uh, Scott intended to make Dune into a two-picture project, see? And would even go on to write three scripts. 
from the book Ridley Scott's The Making of His Movies by uh, Paul M. Salmon, uh, broken down, he said he dropped out after seven months of pre-production. The time it would take would be two and a half years worth. He also lost his brother to cancer unexpectedly during that time. Understandably, I mean, he freaked out. So he went to Dino and told him the script from uh, Warletzer was his. Scott would later move on to direct Blade Runner. So now we're at three times Dune has been in production and dropped. It's 1980. Star Wars had been out uh, with the, you know, the first film and The Empire Strikes Back uh, coming up in that time. Star Trek The Motion Picture had already released in 1979. Scott's, uh, Ridley Scott's Alien. Uh, cinema had seen a lot of sci-fi films change the game. And you can only imagine how our uh, mogul friend here, uh, Dino, was kind of feeling a bit left out. So it's 1981. Rights for the Dune film were set to expire, but was successfully renegotiated by our favorite mogul. Uh, And uh, the deal he struck with the author adding to those rights would be the not only the film, but the Dune sequels, both that are written and unwritten. And just before that happened in October of 1980, uh, Dino De Laurenti's uh, daughter, uh, Raffaella, is watching The Elephant Man, a historic drama movie about a deformed man in the late 19th century of London, starring Anthony Hopkins, John Hurt, and Bancroft, directed by David Lynch. There was something about this film that convinced her that David Lynch is the director for the job. This might have been a good thing, though, as uh, David Lynch was already approached by other offers, such as directing a huge blockbuster film. That would be the conclusion to a sci-fi epic you know as Return of the Jedi. Can you imagine if David Lynch actually went on to direct that movie rather than Dune? I mean, how do you think that would go? Lynch agreed to direct and write the screenplay. Say it with me now. But, bit of a problem here. See, David Lynch hadn't read the book. Nor uh, did he know anything about the story or was even interested in science fiction. Honestly, though, what was in that film Elephant Man that said, that's the director right there? It took about half a year for Lynch to come up with the script. He was working uh, on it with two others on two uh, drafts, but then they split due to creative differences. So this inspired Lynch to pull off the unthinkable, I think, to this story. He made five more drafts in the span of two years. But it was thanks to this that production finally found its footing and shooting finally began. It was shot entirely in Mexico on a 40 to $42 million budget with a crew of 1,700 people using 80 sets built on 16 sound stages. And I even uh, picked up on a fact here that all the props that you see in this film, they are nothing you buy in the store. They are built from scratch. That is absolutely amazing. And I mean like all the props. All sizes, and I mean all sizes. Even the tiniest little prop that you see in there, yeah, constructed from scratch. That's uh, one thing about David Lynch there. I mean, he is a visionary when it comes to making films. I mean, he puts every detail into every shot. Casting would include Kyle McLaughlin, who uh, would later in the 90s star in Lynch's uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, Brad Dourif, Chucky from Child's Play, is in this film. Linda Hunt from NCIS Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Virginia Madsen from the first Candyman film is in here. Jack Nance, who previously worked with Lynch in uh, one of my favorite oddity films that I have watched, I would say, about 20 times, and I still don't get it. But it's just something to just watch and definitely interpret, no matter how many times you watch it, Eraserhead. Then, Patrick Stewart, 
who a few years later after this would star as uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard in Star Trek, The Next Generation. Max von Sydow here is present from Game of Thrones. And another face you'll probably remember, or you'll probably have to ask your parents, Sting. And yes, I will admit, I did enjoy his performance in this film. I put more focus onto this cast list because I know there is even more, but these are the faces that you would recognize today if you hadn't seen Dune. Unfortunately, all of this, even though the film production finally got off the ground, it just wasn't enough to make the budget back as it costed Universal anywhere between $2.9 to $9.1 million after box office. Critical reception was not forgiving. Critics like Roger Ebert, Gene Siskel, the New York Times, Time Magazine, I mean, just gave it negative reviews. With the exception of Variety, they were a little bit easy on their critique. Less negative than what the uh, other people put on there. But uh, actually, there might have been a reason for that. Critic and sci-fi writer Harlan Ellison, who says Dune failed because critics were denied screenings at the last minute after several reschedules. So this might have prompted them to already give the film a negative review before having seen it. Which, I will not lie, does happen. Due to its poor commercial and critical reception, all initial plans for sequels for Dune, of course, I mean, what do you think, was canceled. David Lynch reportedly was working on the screenplay for uh, Dune Messiah and was hired to direct both uh, proposed uh, second and third Dune films. Lynch uh, later disavowed the film, stating, I mean... He started selling out on Dune. I mean, looking back, it's nobody's fault but his own. He probably should have just done that picture but saw tons and tons of possibilities for things that he loved. And and this was the structure to do them in. I mean, there was so much room to create a world, but he got strong indications from Raffaella and Dino De Laurentiis of what kind of film they uh, expected and knew he didn't have Final Cut. Speaking of... There's actually another cut of this film, an extended cut for TV airing in 1988. Uh, They released that in two parts, totaling the movie at 186 minutes. Lynch has disavowed this version, even had his name removed from the credits, put somebody else's name on there. Yeah, he's pretty much had it with uh, Dune. He will not talk about Dune in interviews, even Universal Pictures. I think still to this day, just want him to come back and just recut it in how... He would have envisioned it, but I don't think that is even possible at this point. I got to side with David Lynch here. I mean, he he made the right call. He just moved on. He did it, and he's now working on other things. But what of our uh, book author, Frank uh, Herbert? He even responded on the film's failure and uh, also his participation in the production. In the introduction of uh, his short story collection, 1985, called I, he he complimented uh, David Lynch listed scenes that were shot but left out of the release version. He enjoyed the film even as a cut, and he told it, as he saw it, what reached the screen is a visual feast that begins as Doom begins, and you hear his dialogue all through it. So yeah, he pretty much loved it, even though he also went on to say, while he's got quibbles about the film, I don't even know what quibbles is. Does anybody know what that is? I want to look it up right now, but I'm a bit lazy at the moment. Even our director was disappointed that uh, he didn't get a chance to film Dune, Alejandro, Uh, He refused to actually see Lynch's uh, film, but his sons dragged him to it anyway. And as the film unfolded, he actually got a bit happy, seeing as though it was looking to be a failure, adding that uh, you know this was certainly the producer's fault and not Lynch's. He had been disappointed and jealous when he learned that David Lynch was making Dune, as he believed that Lynch was the only other director capable of doing justice to the novel. 
Uh, yeah, you must have missed the part where David Lynch hadn't read the book, didn't know the story, and also doesn't really like science fiction. Or maybe that's just another jab. Who knows? At the Oscars, Dune got nominated for Best Sound and won Stinker's Bad Movie Award for Worst Picture. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, Dune would resurface later within the millennia in the year 2000 with a remade miniseries and spawned a sequel called Children of Dune. The Dune novels are still ongoing with the heir of uh, Kaladin and the Sands of Dune out next year. And let's not forget about the remade new take on the sci-fi novel that will be out this week. I'll have a review on that coming up later. That's going to do for What Could Go Wrong. Man, we covered a lot on uh, Dune 1984. Thanks for listening, and I will see you on the Dune 2021 review. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer.